This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Robertson, pass to the middle, shoots, and scores! What a goal by Jason Robertson, who cuts across the crease, outweights Jacob Markstrom, and buries a backhand with 12.3 seconds left in three-on-three overtime. The Stars battle back and pick up two points. Flames get it in fourth one as well, as Dallas defeats Calgary, 6-5 in a wild one here at Scotiabank Saddledome. Well, apparently the Stars and the Flames just aren't going to play boring, low-scoring hockey anymore. After last year's playoff series that went seven games between these two teams, where neither side could seemingly beat the opposing goaltender, this year a completely different story. As you heard there, 6-5 final Saturday night in Calgary. And as Derek Wills points out in the call, whether you believe or not, it is another important point for the Calgary Flames as the out-of-town scoreboard gives them a little bit of help and all of a sudden heading into this game against the Los Angeles Kings Monday night, the Flames still very much in the conversation around a Western Conference playoff spot. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Happy Monday. Happy Flames game day. Flames and the LA Kings tonight. Get your coffee on. It's an 8.30 puck drop from California tonight. That means uh, Pete Labardius, our uh, first guest, and Pat Steinberg will have your Flames warm-up at 7.30. Puck drop at 8.30 right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, we're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Lots to get to on the program. Lots of Flames and Kings coverage on the day. We'll get a look at the uh, opposition coming up a little bit later on in hour two. Uh, with the color voice of the LA Kings, Daryl Evans, set to join us. But let's kick things off like we always do. Down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline, take a look back at Saturday night and uh, flash forward to what we're expecting tonight from the Flames uh, with the color voice of the Calgary Flames, Peter Labardius. He uh, joins us every day, courtesy of our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. You can give your home the Gemini difference, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at the Gemini Group. .ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, your thoughts on a back-and-forth affair at the Saddle Dome on Saturday night? Well, there's a lot of layers to that one. I did not like the beginning of the game, getting down too early. I did not think they managed the puck as a group very well in the first period. And then I like the resilience that they showed to fight back, take the lead on not one, but two occasions. And then unfortunately at five, four in the third, after the Rasmus Anderson goal, um, you know, a couple minutes later, they made a coverage mistake and ended up in a tie situation and going to overtime against a team with a very comparable overtime record or, less than stellar mark in three on three and 
did not like, in a sense, Logan, the fact that it was very late in the overtime period, face-off in the opponent's zone, and they ran a play that ended up in the back of their net. So lots of things to like, some excellent performances by a number of individuals. They hung in there. They fought through it. They got another point, but they didn't get to. Frustrating start to the game Saturday, too, Lou. We've talked about it more than enough this season, but this just last night may be an exception because they were able to come back, but most nights this team finds themselves down 2 nothing after a bad start like that. It could be lights out for this group. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It can be lights out, and it's just never a remedy for success when you're chasing games uphill. It takes a lot. Um, it magnifies everything within the game, a lot of times when you find yourself down. Now, I always think if you're going to get down by a couple early rather than later, needless to say, if you can sort things out and get to your game, it does give you a lot of time. But the reason you get down too early is you're not in the right place to begin. And we have found that. I think the bigger story than another night where you're down early is starts at home have not been very good and that is something that needs to be remedied even in a situation where it's not a lot of time for home remedy yeah that's something we've talked about all year long with the the home group that's something daryl's tried to drill it's always something daryl tries to drill in he got some success from it last year out of the group but something about the home situation this year lou and i know you've talked about it too is Sometimes you just get too tense at home. You can be a little bit looser on the road. You're, you know, just focused on hockey. You don't hear all the outside noise. And I wonder how much of that is is really true for this group at home, Lou, especially as we get closer and closer to the playoffs here. Well, I think one of the most difficult things about any kind of leadership and messaging is it doesn't always find itself to be incredibly effective I think when even though the message is clear and you know you have to go out there and do better than you have in certain situations it's I think sometimes you know at home where there is a constant reminder of what they don't do maybe there needs to be more of a reminder as to what you do do well. And coaches are very, I mean, all you have to do is spend any time with Ryan Huska to, to know exactly that those are the buttons that become very, very important. And, you know, think about how Daryl reacts, Logan. Here's a perfect example. So for Daryl, there's a lot of nights, and you do it on a fairly regular basis, where you'll go in that room after a game where they've won and played well, and you'll leave the room going, did they actually just win the game or did they lose the game? And then there's games where it's completely, like Daryl has a tendency to be tougher in the media scrum after nights where they've won than when they've lost. And so the coaching mentality behind that is generally you always want 
to keep your group on some edge and never allow them to get comfortable even when they do things well. I think the hardest part in 2023 with the athletes that you deal with is they probably need more positive reinforcement than athletes of any other time and any other generation in order to get the best. But that's the balance if you've ever coached in your life, and I certainly haven't coached in the NHL, but I've spent my whole life around coaches and different kind of coaches going back to my childhood. Um, And it's something that I'm very fascinated in, the leadership, the coaching. I know my sister tells me a lot when we talk. She goes, you missed your calling. You probably, instead of being a broadcaster, you probably should have been a coach. Um, So I always try to look at a lot of things through that lens and how it has evolved and changed. So the other thing I know that doesn't change generations or eras is how people feel, whether it's confident or not confident, plays a really big role in the kind of feeling you enter with. And this this is not a confident team in overtime, and it's not a confident team right now playing at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more things from Saturday I wanted to bring up with you, Lou. Um, where does that game Saturday rank in terms of games so far as a member of the Calgary Flames for Mackenzie Weger? Well, it's high. It's it's really high on the list. Um, I think he has been at his absolute best, Logan, since the team came back from their break. And it doesn't surprise me. A, you're talking about an individual who's climbed to where he has gotten in the NHL was never taken for granted. He's a seventh round pick. So it's, it's very different to be, and they are best of friends. So it's very different when you think about the path for Jonathan Huberto, who was a third overall pick in his draft and Mackenzie Weger, who was taken in the final round of the draft. So when you are in that spot, you frankly are more accustomed to the journey being more difficult. And he is an NHLer and a good NHLer because of his intelligence and mostly for him. And I remember watching him in 2013 at the Memorial Cup in Saskatoon, which is really the first time I had ever seen McKenzie, you know, in person, Logan. And that was a team that featured the likes of, you know, a guy by the name of McKinnon and Jonathan Drouin and, you know, some, some high, high and high level people, especially a junior. Now, but it's the Druan piece of it is interesting because I didn't think Jonathan Druan would have the trouble he has had, and he's never established himself as an NHLer. And so what that really tells me, and Mackenzie Weger has been a way better NHLer coming out of that event and the journey for him. And I truly believe the difference is, is Mackenzie Weger knows nothing but battling back from adversity to get to better places in his career. That isn't always the case for high-end, talented, high draft picks because they're not used to it. They've never been used to it. 
but he has battled. I think he had enough time away from everything and all the noise to get a reset. And he's a really good player. And at a time when his team needs him the most, he's been at his best. And that, you know, he was truly one of the guys in 2013 that I came away with and said, I don't know where it's going for him. Certainly wouldn't have been able to tell you after the Memorial Cup in Saskatoon that it was going to get here. But I do know that in the four or five games I watched him, I always noticed. And I always noticed how competitive he was. And, you know, the phrase that I'm not going to use, (laughs) but I use a lot, is kind of, who's this guy? And so he was one of the, who's this guy for me at that event? Uh, What are your thoughts on Adam Ruzicka since he came back in the lineup, Lou? Uh, Typical. One good. One bad. And one that would have him sitting out tonight. Kind of that same old story we've had with him for a while now. Yeah, it's 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 again, it's it's even in the game on Saturday, did I see some good shifts and good flashes? Yeah, I did. But becoming an everyday NHLer is about using what you do best consistently. And the key word, you know, when a hit that is featured talk about coaching, coaches need to trust. And until they know exactly or feel in their minds what they're going to get from you on a nightly basis, it, it's hard to insert you all the time. And it gets even more difficult when the stakes are high. Now, he put Adam back in the lineup in Arizona to get some hunger because he hadn't played for a long time and get some energy. And you know what? He got it. But he didn't get the same guy Saturday night than he did, you know, in the game in Vegas. But two quality opponents, different results. Great evaluating tools because of the type of opponents. And one went really well. And I frankly, and maybe I'm a hard marker where he's concerned. But the reason I'm a hard marker is... I see a lot there, but he has not found the consistency, and it's hard to build consistency in the NHL, and it's probably not to be critical, but I think we all know, and if we haven't been listening, that's on us. Daryl Sutter does not see the National Hockey League as a developmental league. Nope. That's what other leagues are for, for him. And I don't really disagree outside of there's some give and take, but even, you know, reflecting on what he said recently, whether it's about Walker Dewar or Jacob Pelche, it's a process. And so we live in a world where, as you know, we talk every day and, you know, I guarantee you, you know, Pat's Flames talk today is going to talk a lot about the lineup and who's in for today. Well, with Daryl, it is about today, but it's also about tomorrow and putting people in places where they can continue to grow and not grow. And, and again, I'll be the first to tell you, do I agree with every decision 
he makes or any other coach makes? No, not always. But that's not my job. My job is to try and help the listeners understand why, not necessarily my opinion on what. I see this next topic I'm going to bring to you, Peter, probably the biggest individual topic on this team right now, obviously trying to push for a playoff spots, the big overarching topic following this team right now. But given what's happened the last couple of games, the talk around the fan base and around a lot of people right now is, is Nazem Kadri and the situation he's going through with this team right now. How do you see the Kadri situation, Lou? And a lot of people going back to Saturday night, you know, took well, notice of the fact that he didn't play a single shift in overtime. Yeah, well, it, it hasn't changed for me. And I love this player. And I have seen him at his absolute best. And I know what he is capable of. But I right now don't see the fire and the hunger and the competitiveness in his game in all areas that makes him great. And he's a great player. Mm -hmm. But right now, he's not a great player. And the elements that make Nazem great are missing. He's not making people better around him right now. He, away from the puck, has not been as solid as he's more than capable of. And I even notice it in his body language. His frustration with referees. When I look at each and every Calgary Flames game to get help with my analysis, both in-game and on hits, I get a pretty good idea, especially through Daryl, of how he feels. Because I look at the sheet, and I size up the sheet, time on ice, when people are used, when they're not used. If Nazem Kadri was playing at a high level, it wouldn't have taken very long to see him in a big game in overtime where your team has struggled immensely to get two points out of overtimes. And the fact that for a second straight night, he played under 13 minutes in Vegas and just over 13 minutes against Dallas whether I think so or he, and just do I think right now he's probably angry because he's a passionate, proud guy? I do. In fact, his body language tells me that's the case. You got to get back to being him. And this team needs him because he is a great player who, when he plays great, is a massive game impact maker and he hasn't been an impact maker for this team very often since the all-star break yeah and that's just not that's just not going to cut it for this group he's he's too important of a piece and you know we see we saw what it looked like excuse me it feels like a while ago Lou going back to you know the beginning of the season and just how good he can be. It feels like we're a long way away from from that Nazem Kadri right now for the Calgary Flames. 
well, I, I still think his best stretch of hockey was his first 10 games as a flame. Yep, I'd agree. And I think he was riding as, you know, as high as you could be. Um, you know, he was in t- anticipation of receiving his Stanley Cup ring. He had a brand new $7 million deal with a team that wanted him um, and invested in him. And there's been other good stretches, but I truly believe that was his best stretch. And, you know, after the All-Star break and, and, you know, you decide, everybody can decide how they feel about All-Star break and the games and who gets to go and who represents your team and all of it. But on a day where we've talked about Mackenzie Weger being at his best, since the break, I think you could make an argument that it's probably been the most difficult stretch for Kadri. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And we'll, uh, we'll see what tonight brings as we get closer. Do we expect lineup changes heading into tonight's game against the LA Kings? We will uh, wait and see. Of course, Pat and Lou will have details on that. Dream Flames warm up tonight, 7.30 uh, tonight for an 8.30 puck drop. Remind a little bit later game. Out in California as the Flames get to see the L.A. Kings, their Pacific Division rivals, on Monday this week and then back home on Tuesday next week, Lou. Uh, curious, is our first back-to-back since Daryl Sutter gave uh, Jacob Markstrom the, I don't know what's the best way to put this, is kind of gave him the confidence as the guy going forward for this group. Uh, do you need to see something tonight that helps with your decision, or would you expect to see Dan Vladar in one of these two games? Um, I'd certainly like to see him tomorrow night, and only because of one thing. I'd like to feel that my team is more than capable, if I'm the Calgary Flames, of winning that game in Anaheim, regardless of who plays goal. But tonight, uh, it, it's if 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 the question is, will how Jacob plays tonight factor prominently in that decision? No. No, it won't. In fact, I could make an argument and might that if they lose the game tonight, I might be thinking more about coming right back to him tomorrow, as opposed to if they win the game. Okay. I'd go the opposite way of I'm going to guess how most people would think. Because because for me, it's about your team. Mm-hmm. And it's also about the situation and your opponent. So if I win tonight, not that, again, we're not going to talk tomorrow in the storyline about how you can't keep losing to non-playoff teams. But you almost certainly, I mean, you're going to think that. I'm going to think that. That story is a big one, and I'm not trying to ignore it. It's not going away, and they're not helping it go away. But in terms of the goaltending, no. I, I, I'm opposite. If I can get two points tonight and play well, thinking about coming home to play Vegas and, and the rest of my week, 
I'd love an opportunity to take Jacob out and feel comfortable enough about winning an important game. And I also could see Daryl in a situation where that guy's playing every single night until they're no longer mathematically alive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It wouldn't uh, wouldn't entirely stun me if that was the reality of the situation. Like, I don't know what you're seeing on because I'm on the phone Mm -hmm. and I'm not as great a multitasker as you find young guys who are (laughs) way better at it than I am. Um, I don't know if anything's come out from the skeet that started when our hit began as to the answers to any of those questions. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I've been trying to keep an eye on it. Yeah, as we uh, as we go, just in case I could bring anything to us uh, mid hit, but I haven't seen anything right uh, coming up yet. So. And, and again, Logan, it's I, I will never say that who plays goal and how they play isn't really really important. But after what Jacob's done in the last few weeks, I'm not worried about the goaltending choice. Yeah. I might be a little bit more worried about some of the other subject matter of the conversation than I am right now about the goalie. Uh, before I let you go, Lou, thoughts on this uh, Kings team that the Flames will see? I mentioned we'll get them back at home next week here in Calgary, uh, but this is a team that made some changes around the trade deadline. Uh, they look like they're primed to head back to the playoffs after almost upsetting the Oilers last year in round one. What strikes you about uh, this team? And I know... You're a big fan of the coach over there. Well, that's that's always where I start. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of Todd McClellan forever. And uh, what I would say quickly about the Kings is this. I, I think they've taken another step. You know, I think everybody knows that follows hockey closely that, you know, they, they have a really nice pool of young players. They've tried to marry it. Um, you know, with still incredibly key veterans in their lineup, obviously Doughty and Kopitar. And I think they've shown great growth over the last couple of years. I think they're very close now to being a team that's going to be an annual playoff participant for quite some time. I'm not sure they're quite yet where they need to be on defense as a group to truly contend for a Stanley Cup or even in goal. But I sure like what the Kings have done, both from a scouting perspective, how they've brought along some of their young players, adding Fiala, adding Arvidsson over the last couple of years. They're a good team. They're a good team. And, you know, when their defense and some of those people continue to grow and get better and when can actually find it as to who and what he's going to be at the NHL level, the former number two overall pick. They've got a lot going on there and a lot that I like. And yes, absolutely. Um, I'm a massive fan of the, the head coach. And I think, I think Todd is such a good communicator. And I even heard a podcast, the 32 thoughts recently with, Jay Woodcroft, which I highly recommend that you listen to, um, and also a very big fan of the Oilers head coach. Sorry, Flames fans, but I still I still don't I won't tell you that I'm ever at home cheering for him or them to win. But 
I'm still a big fan of the person. And he commented about Todd's ability to communicate and what he has learned from him in his journey too. So, yeah, I think the Kings are on the right road for sure. Uh, Before I let you go, Lou, uh, the eyes in Los Angeles this morning tell us Markstrom will be in net. Mm -hmm. Dewar will come out. Mm-hmm. Pelche will come in and skate on the line with Kadri and Dubé. I like it. I cool. like part of it for sure. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the latest from our I'm, own. I'm delighted that Jacob gets back in, and I fully expected that he would. And we will talk about that tonight on Flames Warm Up at seven thirty. I can attest to that. Looking forward to it, Lou. Thanks for the time, as always, pal. Okay, have a great day, my friend. Yeah, you too. Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, joining us to kick off the program like he always does. And he does so thanks to our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations. They should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Let's keep the Flames conversation going. Julian McKenzie from The Athletic joins us next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Flames game day. First of a back-to-back in California. 8.30 tonight against the LA Kings. Tomorrow night into Anaheim to take on the lowly Ducks. I don't know if I should call them all that lowly. They did beat the Flames 3-1 earlier this month. But nonetheless, standings-wise, they are the lowly Ducks. Flames still very much within reach of a playoff spot in the West. Out-of-town scoreboard helping them out. A couple losses for the Jets and the Preds mixed in there. I don't know what is going on with Winnipeg right now, but they have certainly kept things interesting for us here in Calgary, and the Flames can pick up a key two points tonight. It only gets more tense for them out in Winnipeg. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you, and so much to talk about around the Calgary Flames right now. We're going to keep that conversation going by heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Welcome again to our pal from The Athletic covering the Calgary Flames. Uh, you know him as Julian McKenzie. I know him as J-Mac. J-Mac, how's it going, pal? Logo. What's good, buddy? Not much, man. How you doing? You know what, man? I'm living the dream, man. I'm doing my thing. Enjoying uh, the sun being out on a Calgary Monday. <laughs> Yeah, you should take that. It's not always a guarantee around here around this time of the year. So, yeah, but I think you've learned that a couple yeah. times already. Yeah, I'm really hoping uh, there's less snow in April. Uh, I'm really yeah. hoping for less and less snow. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, for now, we're uh, we're busy inside on the evenings, still watching Flames hockey and still uh, pushing things towards uh, a playoff push here. How surprised have you been over the last couple of weeks, even with a couple of those you know disappointing OT decisions? the last couple games out to Arizona and Dallas that Calgary still finds themselves in this playoff conversation. Pretty surprised. Uh, I think there have been a handful of moments where uh, you could have easily, you know, looked at the flames play that night, whether it's their game against Colorado or Boston. Uh, You could have easily made that point maybe against Dallas uh, over the weekend Uh, the Anaheim loss. You mentioned there have been a handful of games over the last few weeks where you could, or I think it almost ended with any other team. Uh, so whoever's riding on the team, whoever's covering the team would say this season's over. Like this team has no chance of making it, but Winnipeg is almost single-handedly keeping them 
alive with the way that they've been playing over these last few weeks. And there is a scenario where, um, and I know people are going to hear this and they think, oh, but Nashville has all these games in hand. I, I hear you. <laughs> but there is a scenario where if the Flames take care of business tonight and tomorrow and the Jets lose tomorrow, the Jets and the Flames could be equal on points, which is pretty wild considering for the last few days, um, last few weeks, I should say, the Flames have been chasing uh, that second wild card spot. Yeah, and like you said, a couple of missed points there. We'll talk, you know, more about you know Anaheim tomorrow and the fact that this is a team they lost to earlier this month, and you really don't do yourself any favors down the stretch if you lose to Anaheim twice in a playoff push. But we'll leave that for tomorrow's game. And I would say the biggest story for me around this team, Julian, right now, outside of their playoff push, has kind of been the downplay and what's happening with Nazem Kadri. And you and me have talked about this. Uh, a bit off the air and going back and forth. How do you see this whole situation with what's happening with Kadri and the flames right now? It's very concerning. And I think it's a storyline that we have not given a lot of attention to because of the start that he had uh, of how, because of how Daryl Sutter has spoken glowingly of him and because of how uh, we've looked at, we've, we've examined the dynamic at least I have and other people, I know other media colleagues have as well, and maybe fans too, but we've looked at Daryl Sutter versus Brad Trilliving as a dynamic. We've looked at Daryl Sutter versus Jonathan Huberdeau as a dynamic, uh, or, or as I've, as I put uh, when he made those comments to, to Eric Francis, I believe when we were in Vegas about how, you know, Hey, not everyone here is cheering for the Calgary flames, Daryl Sutter versus everybody else. I think we just kind of assumed that, uh, you know, maybe there's nothing there. And maybe there isn't with, with Nazem Kadri with the way he might be fitting in with the team or whatever he might have going on with Daryl Sutter, if there is anything going on. But I don't think I don't think Nazem Kadri and his dynamic in the locker room and how he might be getting along or not with Daryl Sutter, we don't know what's going on there. It feels like it could be speculation. We don't know completely. But that is not something that has been explored. And I think as we focus more and more on how he has not played really well pretty much since the all-star break. And now we know that the Saturday game, uh, you know, I mean, we shouldn't say that we know. I know Elliot Freeman was trying to make the point that like he would bet that it could be something that he would have said something about, but the fact he doesn't play a shift in overtime, I, I, I'm willing to bet money. That has to be some kind of, boiling point and i think as a result now considering all considering all of the expectations the flames have failed to meet this year uh that's going to ultimately become a storyline over the next little while especially once the season when the season comes to its to its end however it ends and we start examining those dynamics that's just one other wart that's just going to show up for the calgary flames on a year that has really not gone their way yeah i like how you put that because we've talked so much about you know, goaltending's been a storyline this year. Obviously, Huberto's been a story this year for, for all the wrong reasons. And now it just feels like we're talking about Nazem Kadri in the same sort of breath. And I wonder if well, you're right when we inevitably do that, look back on the year, if we won't start to put Nazem in that same conversation. Because I've talked to a lot of people, Julian, who've wondered since that start he had when the team was off to that 5-1 and one start, you know, all of those months ago, if it really hasn't, that was the peak of this season for Nazem Kadri, and it hasn't gotten 
anywhere near that level since then. And I wonder how much of that had to do with uh, just general fatigue. Like this is a guy who mm-hmm. went through the Stanley Cup finals last summer and had a very like small summer for being real, probably a little bit of time to rest and recuperate, had to go through three free agency, uh, had his day with the Stanley Cup as well, probably took some vacation time and enjoyed himself too. We would all do that. And we would all be in that same position if we were all Nelson Kadri. That's not to put throw any shade on him. He has every right to celebrate as a champ. But like I wondered throughout chunks of this year if all of that was going to catch up to him at some point in the year. And I wonder if there's you know a need for him to rest up or we talk about load management and all that, like what well, if he would need it. And I think, I, I think if you're Nas, he probably wouldn't necessarily want that. But now with what uh, Elliot Freeman was discussing on 32 Thoughts with how vocal he is and 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 we're wondering now about his fit with that team. And uh, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. Like I would love to hear what he would have to say about this. Um, this is just going to be another, I guess, distraction, but another element to to Nazem Kadri and, and his play as of late. This is a guy who's playing on the third line now. Uh, it looks as if with the lines that were announced today, like Jacob Peltier is back in the lineup and he'll have Dylan Dubia. He'll at least have energy behind, uh, on his flanks. But like, it's not to say that Nazem Kadri has been lighting the world of flame the way he did those first few months in Calgary. It, it, it has been a bit of a slog, it feels like, for him. Another one-goal game uh, Saturday, Julian. Uh, you wrote about it on The Athletic and, you know, talked about the, the question you asked Daryl, you know, the game breakers compared to Dallas and between Calgary. And I'm just curious from your point of view, how these one goal games have gone for Calgary. If it's led to some of the frustration for this group in your mind. And if you think it's because last night or not last night, excuse me, Saturday to me was one of those nights where you can be so frustrated if you're the Calgary flames, because when I think of one goal hockey games, I think of the two ones, the three twos, and that's what Daryl Sutter talks about so much. But when you get to six five and you finally broken through offensively for this Flames group and you still wind up with those same parallels we've talked all season long, another overtime loss, another one goal loss for this group. I wonder how at this point of the year that's been such a focus for that group and how much it's it's really anchoring them or holding them back right now, knowing that Whenever they're in these one-goal situations, it seems to go against them. I have to think it's definitely on their minds. I mean, this is a season that uh, they have not had a lot of puck luck go their way. And especially now where they are trying to get a handle on things in the playoff push, uh, whenever it seems as if they're trying to build some kind of momentum, they're trying to make some winning streak go past three games, they have not been able to do it. So when they endure a loss, like what they endured on Saturday against Dallas, even if they got a point, you can see that. I mean, we were both in the room. We, you can see the frustration on those players' faces uh, and 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 how they took, you know, how they're taking some of those games. I think the fact that they've endured it so many times this year and the fact it was an overtime too, that cannot be lost in that as well. It's one thing to lose uh, in, in one-goal games as well, whether just in any situation, but the fact that, They've lost 15 times in overtime this year. Like that adds to that. Like it's one of those when it rains, it pours types of situations for the Calgary Flames. And I think it definitely weighs in on the frustration they feel after every game. They want to stop the bleeding. They want to start playing good hockey. They want to put together a winning streak. But just at any at any given point, it just kind of 
doesn't work their way. And that night, like the, the column that I wrote, uh, I just tried to make the point that even in a game where they found a way to break through offensively, the reason why they were not able to win that game ultimately is because of the fact that they do not have a player like a Jason Robertson who can break a game open. I remember uh, like in that game, this is the last thing I'll say about this before we get to the next point, but like Aaron Vickers uh, and I were just like sitting up in the press box and we're watching that like final shift go down. And he made the point. He's like, oh, that's interesting. They're starting three forwards in their own end. This is any other team. And maybe depending on the quality of forwards, you're thinking, okay, well, the Flames should have this advantage. Like they win that face off. They've had the possession in OT as much as they have. That's an opportunity for them to take advantage of that and win it. But the Stars win that face off, and it's three of their best players in Joe Pavelski, Rupe Hintz, and Jason Robertson who were able to come up the ice and score and get that goal. Like, you know, how many times have we seen that from the Calgary Flames this year where they were able to put their three best forwards out and then just charge forward and make a play like that? Like, it's – and, I mean, Jason Robertson could have easily cut to the outside where, where Rasmus Anderson thought he was going, but he instead cuts inside and then makes his move. Like – I think that was just a painful reminder that the Flames, they, they have to work hard to get the goals that they get, but they don't have many or any players who can do things like what Jason Robertson did. No, and that's that's an unfortunate reality. I do think that, I, I want to think that most years, like Jonathan Huberto could be that guy, or could be closer to that guy, but he's clearly not this year. And I think that to expect it on, you know, really any point out the, outside of this season would be, would be unfair, Julian, just because he hasn't he he hasn't been that guy, right? I mean, you can't just sit there and say, "Oh, he's just going to turn it on, come into overtime, and and be that guy for the Calgary Flames." I think if anything, you know, as we talk about some different areas with this team, Huberto's still got to be one of those ones that's frustrating for this group because he hasn't. Whereas maybe his partner from from Florida, Mackenzie Weger, has played really well these last couple of weeks. We still haven't seen that turn from Jonathan Huberto either. Yeah, uh, it seems like with McKenzie, when, he, when we were talking to him the other night, he was saying he's he's growing more comfortable uh, in, in the system that he's in. And and I think uh, the fact that he's been playing with Rasmus Anderson as well has helped him. Ryan Huska a couple of days ago said that McKenzie's game has just taken off. And there is no level of comfort with, at least with to the same level with McKenzie Huger as Jonathan Huberto is having. Like he's, he's now on a line with... Michael Backlund and, and Blake Coleman. He's he's gone up and down the top nine uh, throughout this year. They tried to make him work with Nelson Kadri. It has not worked to the level that the Flames would want it to work. At the beginning of the year, they tried to make it work with him and Elias Lindholm. It has not necessarily, at least on, on even strength or in those lines, it has not necessarily worked out the way that they would want it to work. And it's, I didn't think, I really didn't think we'd get to a point where Daryl Sutter and the Flames would be struggling to find the ideal center for Jonathan Huberto. But I also think that his confidence is not high at all. And I think when you go through a year like what he's going through, where you know you were able to play at a higher level and you know you have not made the impact you wanted to make and just games go by and, you know, the team's not winning all the time, you're not able to put up as many points or you're not able to convert on your chances. I mean, Nelson Kadri didn't play in OT, but Jonathan Huberto was trying to make offense happen and just it just didn't happen. Uh, I, I Look, I'd be, I'd be low on confidence too. Mm-hmm. And I think you would be too. I think so many other people would as well. It is very hard for Jonathan Huberto to be that guy to kind of turn it on when you've been on a low for chunks of the year. 
Julian McKenzie uh, with us on the Outspeech and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. He uh, covers the Calgary Flames for The Athletic and a uh, regular voice here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. We got lines uh, from Eric Francis down in L.A. Uh, heading into tonight's game, and it looks as though the one change for the Flames will come in the form of uh, Jacob Peltier coming back into the lineup, Walker Dewar coming out. Uh, what are your thoughts been on Peltier since he's came into the lineup and his subsequent scratching here for the Calgary Flames? I think the last little while, uh, I think he's just uh, maybe, I don't know if it's fatigue. Uh, I, I, I could imagine why some people would want him to produce a little bit more, but maybe you just need that rest. And, you know, maybe him being scratched. I know a lot of people made a big deal about it last week. Um, I guess I can sort of understand why. I still think in the lineup you need that energy, and I think it's good that they put him back in the lineup against L.A. tonight, or it looks as if it's going to be that way. We can never know for sure until the puck really drops. But I, I think for, for Jacques Peltier, uh, I've liked the energy he's brought. I felt he hasn't made, for the most part, that many mistakes. I think uh, just having him in that locker room, uh, I, I just remember from that first game he played, I think a lot of guys liked having him have that opportunity to play and seeing his joyful exuberance. I wonder with how that exuberance works out uh, with this team going through what they're going through right now, where we're seeing them with the sellies and we're seeing them putting the arm around guys and trying to lift guys like Elias Lindholm, how they really feel about it. Uh, I like that stuff personally. I think it's cool. And that's really just him. And if the guys are about that, it seems like they are like, that's cool. Uh, But I think he's been a welcome addition for this team. And I can imagine for a lot of fans who, uh, have wanted to see more young players infused into the lineup, uh, especially with you know the the recent trajectory of first round picks with this organization. To see him emerge as at least some kind of contributor in these last few games, even if it hasn't necessarily resulted in points over the last little while, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of fans, I can imagine, are feeling at least some sort of relief when it comes to how he's been playing and how he's been fit into this uh, Flames lineup. Yeah, all things considered, I mean, yes, Walker Dewar's out tonight, but with Adam Ruzichka seemingly staying in the lineup, we're seeing more of those young guys uh, on a roster tonight, potentially Julian, than we've seen most nights for this Calgary Flames team. And that's what I wanted to ask you next was about Adam Ruzichka. He's had an up and down year, uh, some great stretches for him, some inconsistent stretches for him, uh, just over eight minutes of ice time against Saturday against the uh, Stars. Where do you see him fitting into this lineup? Can you see him? making that turn towards being a regular NHL or for you, are there still steps for him to take? Yeah. The consistency thing is, is a big thing for me and it's a big thing for him too. I feel like almost anytime we try to ask him, you know, Hey, what do you feel you need to do better in order to stick in the lineup? Consistency is the word that he brings up. Uh, these last, uh, the last few games he he played before he got scratched, he wasn't really much of a factor, uh, but I can imagine his place. Uh, I'm not saying he's feeling frustrated. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I know I wouldn't be happy if I was sitting out for all those games. And I can't help but think of that, uh, that the, uh, the scrum we had with him a couple days ago where we, I asked him straight up, like, Hey, how's it feel to be back in the lineup? He's like, well, I don't really know, you know, and <laughs> you could tell that he's, he wasn't necessarily all that thoroughly. Like, yep. you know, he's, he, he, he was kind of helpless in that moment but at least for him now that he's back in the lineup there's an opportunity for him to do something but unfortunately for him like it's not in a it's not in a top six role I th- he was at his best funny enough when he was playing with elias lindholm earlier this year like, i remember when daryl sutter was saying like hey it's important uh for us to put guys who you know lindy likes to play with and the fact that adam rizicka kind of came up was really really interesting but he had his moments on that top line 
where he played effectively. But the thing is, is that I don't think they're going to look to put him on that top line when they're trying Andrew Mangiapane out right now. They Maybe they go back to Dylan Dubé at some point in the year. Even Jacob Peltier has had time on that top line as well. Mm-hmm. And there's been some success, but not maybe not as well as they would have liked. But I, 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 I would be very surprised uh, if we see Daryl Sutter once again blend the lines and then say, all right, cool, we're going to put Adam Rzichka there. That being said, we all, I, I, I mean, there, I'm sure people have felt, you know, hey, Adam Rzichka is a guy who probably could benefit from not being put on a fourth line and probably could be effective there. Yo, who's been very much in that corner for a while on that? Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter. Sutter last year said, like, you know, he is not going to be nearly as effective if you keep him on a fourth line. So maybe he does decide to go down that well. I would still be very surprised. We'll see what uh, what comes tonight for Adam Ruzichka and the Calgary Flames. J-Mac, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for hopping on with me. Enjoy the game tonight, pal. We'll catch up soon, hey? You too, Flash. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Julian McKenzie covering the Calgary Flames for The Athletic, joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Always appreciate uh, J-Mac hopping on, giving us his thoughts on the Calgary Flames. It is a Flames game day tonight in Los Angeles. Flames and Kings. Get your coffee on for an 8.30 puck drop. 7.30 Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Pete Labardius right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll kick off Hour 2 with a look at the opposition, the LA Kings coming into tonight's action. Well in a playoff spot in the Western Conference, but they made some noise around the trade deadline involving one of their franchise icons. What's the aftermath been for this team since they traded away Jonathan Quick? We'll ask the color voice of the LA Kings, Daryl Evans, about that and more when we come back here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.